fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to fight hello welcome to episode 10 of just chill with oliver george that's fucking double digits there Ooh, and, number uh, 10 i'm number 10 yeah what a good guest to have it is Jesse Palangio. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, honestly, what's up? We haven't hung out in forever. I know, I know. It's uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been it busy. Has. I've been busy. You've been building a podcast. Uh, yeah, we've both empire. been busy. Uh, um, before we get into it, though, sorry, I'm gonna do the contact info. Yep. Just chill podcasting at gmail.com if you want to send any kind of message, if you have a cool guest idea or anything like that. And also, subscribe, please. You're watching this. You have to press a button. It takes two seconds. Don't be, don't be mean. Don't I be lazy. It. Come on. I did Give it. Give some love. Um, anyway, so yes, Jesse and I, mm-hmm. we're friends, but we have not hung out in a while, and we're both busy for quite some time. Very, yep. The yep. stars have aligned, and here we are. Yep. But you're doing good, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great. I'm off, I'm off for, the, for the month, aside from... Uh, a few projects here and there, but, uh, you know, just kind of, just kind of chilling. We should tell people we kind of met, uh, through film stuff. Yeah. Uh, we were doing this thing called monster pool, which is something that happens in the Ottawa area, which honestly is good to talk about because if you're anyone who's curious about like trying acting or Mm -hmm. trying the behind the scenes stuff of filmmaking, is it going to be huge? Is it going to get screened at at the Cannes film festival? No, no. But is it going to turn out good? Arguably, maybe, <laughs> but you'll have a good experience and you'll ma- make friendships like this and it's you'll true. learn that it's true. You know, a- any experience like that is, in my opinion, beneficial to learning how the, the machine works a bit. You know, I've uh, I've met a lot of a lot of people on film sets, you know, some of my uh, some of my best friends, some uh, that weren't good, some that weren't good. Some I'm like, I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> you are a horrible human being. But uh, most of the time, um, you know, it's like people like you or it's just like we just make this whole, you know, it's always and it's kind of funny, too. It's kind of kind of half always. Is like I always bond over people with like weed where it's always and like, comics oh. and comics yeah. it's like oh you you read comics oh cool you smoke weed all right we're best friends now nice um yeah, so, yeah that always happens yeah but like uh yeah it was uh it was monster pools dead air I was uh dead air That's was, what it was the, called? yeah it yeah. was the girl and you <laughs> that was like maybe my second or first or second time ever doing and you're like playing the exact opposite of who you are in real life you're playing this like crazy abusive husband yeah. who like killed his wife yeah. And you're like, oh, fucking always on her phone. And, you know. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting script. Yeah. It was fun to do, but um, it was hard. I didn't like playing a mean No, person. no. It was, um, especially, yeah, yelling at your kid and stuff. It yeah. was. I don't know. It was I remember. I remember though the the one of the best one of the best parts of that filming was the last thing we did was when I was rushing at you with yeah. the camera, trying to get my scared. Oh reactions. my god! You're like, ah. yeah. And we did like I think, I did I, I think I did we like, did like third <gasps> <laughs> something like that. Uh, I don't know if that was on camera. Let's get it ready. <laughs> we did like we did like thirty. Uh, different takes of that. I yeah. remember, and it was just like it got to the point where like we had it, but it was just too fun to not. To yeah, not, that's the thing. You always have fun doing. It was great. It was awesome. It was. Uh, it was one of those things where I don't know. I just had a had a really good time. Uh, and Monster Pool is cool too because uh, not only do you get to try your hand at some of this stuff, mm. but it'll actually be screened on the big screen yep. at the Mayfair. Yep. So it's kind of cool, yeah. honestly, especially if it's your first time acting yeah. or doing something. Hey, there I am up on the big screen. Yeah, you, know? you, you get to be a celebrity for the night, you know? It's pretty it's cool, man. Like, the screening yeah. night is fun. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Uh, it's not all grade A no, no. Uh, you got like some people sitting there, like kind of just like, oh, what am I doing? You know. Well, the but, one we did, there was like a bunch of kids submissions. 
or or no, Vincent did something where he no. let like anyone who didn't make the it zombie, into the zombie, those zombie kids. Yeah, it I was like that. that's the thing about Vincent. That. He gives everybody a chance, yeah. even if it's to the detriment of the show, slightly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but hey, that could have been me fucking up his movie by not being a good actor. But he gave it, me a chance, and I did okay. I think it, you know it, shit like that. It's true. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was very sure, true. I, like I did, uh, I did Monster Pool this year um, with um, uh, pretty pretty good outcome. Um, I think um, I did a film called Suburban Intrigue. Yeah, I saw a bit um, of this online. Yeah, yeah and uh, it was one of the uh, more popular ones there. Um, I had a lot of good compliments. Like I, I got it was crazy. I, I we screened it, and uh, it's funny. Nobody really comes up to you like afterwards and goes, "Oh, you did a great job," and whatever, because they like. You know, it's just like they don't know you, and then like half of the other people are just bitter filmmakers that are like, Ugh, yeah, it can it be a weird crowd. Mine. You know, it, it, it definitely, it definitely can be a a, a weird crowd. Um, but uh, when I got home, that was that was like I looked at my you know Facebook messages, all this stuff, and it was one of these things where I was like, oh, really good job, you know, like it was nice. really really high quality and this thing. So uh, you well, know. you do good work for sure. That's you can't be accountable for like the acting, and no. all elements of the the final product. God you know? no, God no. But uh, I'm thankful that i you know use um now that you know because i do work at your casting academy which mm-hmm. is an acting acting school you guys should do they do have a youtube guys, page uh, I can, they I do, can do like a little channel they have a they have a youtube they have a youtube page they also have a website yourcasting.ca nice. um and uh we basically we offer tons of courses voice acting stunts um film i'm the on-screen uh acting teacher uh we put you guys on a film set it's really great um the guy who runs the ca- uh, guy who runs the casting or the academy mike migliera he's been in the he's casting he's been in the he's been in the uh the the industry for about 30 years now um he's worked with like yeah i should with, have him on here honestly you know. sometime oh 100 i could definitely he's always talk been to a super nice dude when i've uh worked mike with him. one oh, time man. he was fucking drugged on back like painkillers <laughs> percocets or no opioids oh my god oh, he was yeah. out of his fucking he was, tree it was literally the first time we first time you met him he walks in he's like oh this is great <laughs> You guys Everyone's like Mike all... has so much experience. He's worked with so he's many. So he, professional. He comes in, he's just like, hey, so what? Like he was this guy's like, gone. yeah, we were in his office. This guy's got, um, you know, George Clooney, John Malkovich, You're like De Niro, De Niro, yeah, yeah. Johnny Depp, all these like famous actors on his wall. You know, just pictures him being buddy buddy on set or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, and then he just walks into the room and you know his pants are. Half it was a down. weird he's first like, impression. Fucking like half awake. You know. Oh, you know. Ugh. Yeah, hey some guys, of his comments were even you know, like, you know. but then I heard why. Okay, the guy's like completely thrown out his back. Like, it's oh yeah, fucking he's brutal he's um um uh, physically, yes, he's he he does he does have a lot of a lot of issues that way. But you know what? He's he's definitely one of the strongest guys I know because no matter what, this guy like if he can barely walk, he'll still show. This up. guy still shows up, or this guy will will find a way to to you know because he he cares he cares he cares about the craft and he cares about the the kids and the students and he just he just wants you know he just wants to make art and he wants to make people uh, happy with it right so uh, I think um, and and again going back I met you on a film set that's how I met Mike you know I met Mike actually the year before what um, were you doing then uh, it was a monster pool oh, again okay. it was another monster pool and it was a community segment um, it was just like a little like a little fun community segment um, and um, I forget what it was called, um, the film itself, but, uh, you know, he played a priest 
coming home and his daughter ended up being possessed all this stuff so it was a, you know it was kind of like your classic exorcism okay. kind of feel thing but was it um, actually creepy like in the oh end? it was good yeah. I, I i think uh i think um i mean i used some of it in my demo reel so <laughs> the problem with horror is like there's a fine line between creepy and campy you know? oh well okay so Always. that's and that's and that's kind of like you know going back um to to me um this is this is kind of the uh the sweet spot that i'm finding with my with my filmmaking oh, yeah? is this kind of like campy cheesy almost movie it's comedic it's comedic and then you've got this moment of like sheer horror and catch people off guard yeah i kind of want the audience to be like why am i laughing at this you know why is this entertaining to me i'm i feel i feel messed up inside yeah yeah um, toying with their feelings yeah, exactly yeah. so you know like there's uh like my my one film the one that i just released suburban intrigue um has Is that moments, on youtube yeah uh not yet um it's touring still oh okay, so cool. it's it's in festivals right now and i can't release anything uh so i'm gonna probably Damn. release it next year um for the for the masses but uh you know if is there any festivals people can see it at or uh well it's screened here tw- in two different festivals i'm probably gonna try and put it in another ottawa festival uh there's a festival that goes on monthly it's called kino oh really um and uh it's yeah it's it's new it's I never new heard of that, yeah. and they do it at beyond the pale brewing and it's cool. kind of like they have film challenges and they've got um good uh, beer good beer beyond the pale is great mm-hmm. uh, but yeah they got film challenges all that kind of stuff right so um the they saw my film at monster pool and they were like oh we want to screen it at kino so you know maybe uh, i don't know if they do repeat screenings but i might i might do that right um why not yeah more yeah. exposure is never a bad thing yeah. you know yeah but just going back to my film yeah i'm finding that that middle ground right where it's like it's so campy. It was. It's called Suburban Intrigue. It's got this 1950s kind of feel to it. Like a Hitchcock. You know, like you know, oh hey Dave, hey Phil, oh, how's hey, it going? Really you know, like- you know, a guy comes home. Um, uh, you know, a guy comes home uh, talking about a. You know, they're having a, a neighborhood barbecue, that kind of stuff, right? And uh, hell's yeah. yeah. And uh, they got a neighborhood barbecue, um, that kind of thing. And then the guy goes inside his house, and then he starts realizing weird things about his neighbor. And then his neighbor is just like this murderous killing, goes on this murderous killing spree, right? And he keeps seeing like... And, but like the, some of the things that he does and some of the, like the people, like the way he kills, like his wife, he kills his wife in the scene, in the, in, in the short as well. Okay. And uh, like he just, he goes, he looks at her and he goes, right before he kills her with garden shears, oh. on, and, and like on the front lawn, and he goes, hey honey. She goes, yeah. He's like, do you get your hair done today? It looks great. And then he like stabs her. So like, <laughs> it's just this moment of like... That's awesome. <laughs> It's just this moment of like the audience laughs, and then as soon as he stabs her, they get like this, oh, you know. So I'm giving them this like weird feeling of yeah, like, yeah. why did I laugh? You know? Yeah, well, good movies should provoke you though. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, there's other movies that have kind of done what you're talking about. Like, I would think of like Shaun of the Dead or something, where you're like laughing, 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 and yeah. then Buddy gets pulled out the window and gets his organs ripped out, <laughs> and you're like, holy fuck! Yeah. This so, movie just got real, you, you know? know? I, I kind of I kind of want to put the audience through what goes on in my mind on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, like, it's, this is one of these things where, you know, Laughter, like... Laughter, then murder. Well, it's, it's um, well, like, you know, just kind of go back and talk about, you know, me personally as a, as a human being is, you know, this is something I've come to terms with, um... Uh, I, you know, maybe a year ago now, um, I was diagnosed with, uh, bipolar, oh, right? Okay. So I have bipolar two. Um, I thought you were just going to announce something I didn't know. I like, diagnosed with, like uh, a terminal cancer or something. <laughs> uh, no. So, uh, yeah. So I was diagnosed with bipolar two and something called hypomania. So I'm hypomanic. 
Um, so those are two things that uh, don't mix well. Um, but uh, in my case, I guess they do because um, you know I'm not I'm not in a padded cell um, so far. Uh, but basically, it's, oh, you've learned to manage. Well, it. yeah, you learn to manage it, and you you learn to. So you uh, agree with the diagnosis? I would take it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. As soon as I got the diagnosis, it was like, yeah, like that makes sense. That yeah. makes all the sense. So you just have very high highs and very low lows. In in what kind of a, a range? Because I wonder, like, if I deal with that sometimes. But is, are we talking like you have a good month and then a really bad month, or is it weeks, or is it hours? It's days, man. Days and hours. It's days. Like, it's like it could be days and hours. I could have a really shitty morning, and then one tiny thing, like someone gives me a fucking cheese stick. I don't know, man. And then my days like the, the best thing in the world. Ever? Well, like I'm just saying, oh, uh, like, as a positive. Sorry, like I as you're a saying positive. that as a negative. Okay, fuck you. I don't it's want your cheese, cheese. stick. But just I'm just saying, like, I it could eat. be. <laughs> It could be like, you know, like a small thing and then I just flip a switch, right? Shit, man. Maybe I'm bipolar because that's kind of describing me in a nutshell. And it's, well, like, and that's the thing. But like when you're living your manic moments, you know, your hypomanic, your highs, Mm -hmm. those are, you feel like a god in a a sense. You feel very. PCP or something. You feel very powerful. They can stop me. No, exactly. I can do anything. And then you like break your nail and you're like, oh. Well, exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, you drop your cheese sticks and then. That's hard to fit into your life. Definitely. It's a challenge for Mm -hmm. sure, man. Yeah. So, you know, I dealt with a lot of that and that's destroyed uh, personally, probably one of the best relationships I had. Um, it, it destroyed it, you know, it was because it was prior to my diagnosis and I was, I was engaged at a, at a, at a, oh, at yeah, a point. Oh you told me that shit. Yeah. I forgot about that part. Um, yeah. And I was engaged at a point and I had no idea of my diagnosis and I had no idea of my, of, of what was going on in my brain. And I, I didn't know how to deal with any of this shit. So one day I was literally, I didn't love her and I blah, blah, blah. But that was was, that was just a... You were in a low, yeah. I was in a low, and I, yeah. I didn't know, you know? I didn't know. And then I, when I had pulled the trigger and all was said and done, I had to stick to my guns, you know? And it was like... Cause what do you mean, like, once the argument's already started? Like, it was like, I was like, well, shit. Like, I guess I'm breaking up with her, you know? Because, so, yeah, it was... It was like the one that got away then, or... <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. She's out there, like, hearing this movie? No, probably not, but... <laughs> There's no way she's No, nah, man, she sees my face and she's like runs the other way probably. Oh, shit. Well, you know, like I ripped a carpet out from under her, you know, like it was. <laughs> that's insane. Not like. Well, I don't mean to, to mock you or anything, but that's that's hardcore. Like that's that would upset someone, I would think. Like, did she get hurt or no? Because you, you had told me that you had been in an abusive relationship. Is this the one where the same? No. <laughs> okay, so. I, <laughs> I was <laughs> in this happy engaged relationship with a with a female <laughs> and um it was uh it was happy and it was you know we had a dog we had a place we were we were thinking about having kids um and uh, uh well she was and i was kind of like well all right um <laughs> and uh so when did it like spiral out then? well okay so well, so this is this is where the this is where shit hits the the the, uh, the proverbial fan. proverbial fan, I guess, if you will. Um, basically, the girl that came afterwards was uh, the demonic entity known as I'm not going to say her name, but basically, know <laughs> you know it. Everybody uh, who knows me knows it. Um, but uh, basically, um, she was partially the reason why I had left my fiance, right? It was one of these things where I met her, and I was like, oh, man, grass is always greener mm. on the other side. Made you feel bored with Although that. it's riddled in bullshit yeah. is, what they, is what they don't tell you. 
Um, and yeah, it was like my relationship was stale with with my fiance, and it wasn't stale, but it was like we hit a we hit a we hit a head, you know. Well, the new thing was fresher. It was like, whoa, this yeah, girl, you know, she's and... fresher and. Um, Not fresher, literally. Hopefully, yeah. like well, yeah. she showers more. Yeah, she showers more than my ex fiance. So that was that was the that was the deal breaker. So you like no. cheated on on the fiance? No, I, there was no cheating. There's no cheating involved. I'm not a I'm not an unfaithful human being. Um, I will pull a carpet out from under you. I will I will, I will ruin you. you and break your heart in front of you. But at least I'm telling you that I'm doing it. But you honestly think that was just you doubling down in like stubborn like just fight mm. mode? That's Absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. It's crazy how much, like, if people could just take a step back when they're in an argument, myself included, just how much, like, could be learned from that. Just take a oh, tiny step back and be like, okay, me, let's I de-escalate. Was, this was, like, six, six, seven years ago now, I think. And um, that must have been, yeah. So you were, like, six. early 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I was, like, 23 when I, 22, 23 when I got engaged. Um, and uh, the engagement was, like... It was like, oh, this is going to fix our relationship, you know? Mm. Um, so we were on the rocks, you know, and it was uh, – didn't it, it didn't really occur to me to, to break up with her until we sat down and we're sitting at the table with her family and they're planning the wedding. Oh, shit. And then things are getting a little I too literally, real. Yeah, I literally just opened up the escape hatch and jumped out, you know? It was one of those things. So um, how, well, how did you do it that made her never want to talk to you again? Other than, like, calling off the wedding obviously is a big deal, but, like... Yeah, well, it was... How did you go it? About was it was fucked, you know? It was fucked, because I can, I, can, I can imagine being on the other side, uh, you know, and sitting. So, like, six years ago, I wouldn't have... You know, six years ago, I was an asshole. I was, you know? I was... I, was, I, I didn't know much about myself um more than you know i i definitely i feel like i know myself way better now um but that just age right that just comes with you know well you seem to be remorseful about all this oh stuff. 100 yeah. percent, you know and, and it's funny too because the remorse is, hasn't been hitting um hard until like the past year um you know i guess because i'm being more clear and being more like i want a relationship and yeah, i want to yeah. be married and i want kids why didn't other things work uh, out exactly yeah. why didn't why didn't other things work out and i mean it worked out for the better in in a sense um where i am now is like you know i'm in i'm in the film industry yeah, you like I, the path that I'm, took I'm, you on. And, you know, yeah. I'm in the film industry. This is my life. This is what I want to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think if I was married and had kids, I don't think I would have the opportunity to. Um, just because the job itself is, is you know, you have to give everything into it, right? Mm. Um, so I'm thankful for where I am now. But, you know, back then, uh, I was, you know, I did I did a terrible thing. You know, it was one of these things where I had... I've been kind of uh, on the fence, and I had seen my counselor at the time, and she kind of was like, you know, don't make any rash decisions, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so I, I listened to her. The wedding is off. off. Yeah, so I listened to her, and I went home, and I looked at my fiancé, and I said, I don't love you anymore. Ouch. And it was... That's a harsh way to say it. It was like... Sure. That does um, at least allow you to kind of like solidify it because sometimes people will try to break up and then they go at it too soft and it ends up not happening. Yeah. But if you start with like, I don't love you anymore, it's, you can't start to backpedal <laughs> this, from like, that. Like, like, and that was, like I said, that was the carpet. You yeah. know, that was your that was your metaphorical Oh, carpet. I thought you meant you actually literally oh my ripped God. the carpet out Imagine from under feet. Imagine if I did. Imagine if I did. Wow! That's exactly I don't love you anymore. I <laughs> wow, I and did not read that. And then rip the carpet. That. No, 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 no. Wow. Uh, I'm very metaphorical. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was the carpet, like I said. Like, that was, like, the... 
because I don't I, love you. I anymore. said, did she get hurt after? But you just thought I was talking about emotional. I meant like, did she get hurt? It when... works. I think. I think anybody listening to this will will take oh, it either sure. way. Either way. Well, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, like <laughs> I didn't stop and question for a second. Like, how were you physically able to pull a carpet out? That's probably really hard to do. <laughs> like, I didn't even stop. I just went with it. It was wall to wall. Yeah. No, yeah. it was wall to wall. That's uh, like a Hulk moment. <laughs> What, that yeah, was, I don't know what the fuck. That was it. Just, and then we I were get... over because that was physical abuse. No, it was. No, okay. um, yeah, it was literally. It was like you Much know, she was standing on this this pedestal of like I'm gonna be married and I'm gonna have kids and I'm gonna be settled down with you know the guy I love and and then I was like nah. <laughs> okay, so but to be fair, like calling off a wedding that you feel in your heart isn't gonna like end up being the right decision. Yeah, not only not really like the worst thing you could do. But it's also kind of a blessing in disguise. Well, I didn't get married to her, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. You guys would probably just break up five years into the marriage, and then you guys both have five less years and more bitterness. Maybe what? kids that you no, now have to no, share no, custody for sure. of. For sure, for like, sure. But that's but that's where that's where I'm kind of battling with that because I do think about that all the time. But then I also think about like what I'm feeling right now mm. is like, yeah, I should have you know maybe tried a little bit harder. That's true. But but again, this is like again you know. Um, you you're not your past right and um you know i'm definitely not my past well have you ever tried reaching out to her and seeing if you uh, can, like, no truly apologize no um you know like maybe me- she's happy maybe, maybe she's remarried i i'm assuming uh she's happy i mean this uh, she was a serial monogamist um so, so it could give her some closure and you closure maybe that you don't know you know well yeah maybe maybe you know but like i also like to think that like just having this remorse itself is like kind of closure for me because i'm like yeah i know the truth it's like your of, penance. Of like, yeah. yeah, I know that I kind of was a shitty person um, in that time. Um, and she may, it's true, if you approached her to try to like be like, hey, I'm really sorry. She might just see that as like selfish because you're just trying to redeem yourself. Yeah. And she might be like, yo, I've moved on yeah. with my life. Now you're just coming fucking shit up. Like, yeah. The yeah. only time I've like sent a message apologizing is so I could get back with that person. Um, uh, you know, it was like, Hey, sorry about that thing four years ago. I haven't seen you since then. Want to hook up? It was, uh-huh. you know, like, uh, that was, those are desperate moments. Yeah. Um, desperate measures. You try the water under the bridge move. Yeah. No, no. To get under um, the covers. Yeah, exactly. Water <laughs> under the bridge. Uh, no, no. It, but then, yeah. Like, so that was a big part of my life, you know? Um, she was, it was like, it was like at that point I was on a, I was on, I was on tracks. Uh, I was going, I was going a straight, you had a plan. Yeah. I had a plan. I was going straight, straight ahead, you know, to the next stop. And it wasn't, there wasn't no twists and turns and stuff like that. Like I, that was, that was a big, that was a big moment, um, mm. for me. Uh, and I kind of just was like, nah, and then I derailed myself, you know? Um, but I think ultimately it had to happen. To, uh, to make me who I am today. Um, and uh, also, you know, it derailed me into possibly one of the shittiest moments of my entire life. Which was the next relationship. Which was the next right? relationship. Yeah. Um, this is the one I've heard a little bit about. Yeah, this is the one that uh, I think everybody has heard This about. is the one where it now sounds like you were getting your karmic, like, you know, like exactly. whatever for this like, is like, this was my, this was my, okay, you, you ruined this girl's yeah. life and you, you break her heart. All right, you're gonna be stuck with a devil for two years. A succubus. A succubus. A fucking siren. So know? I mean, you can get as detailed as you want, or or keep whatever you want to yourself. But it sounds like it was some pretty insane shit. It was. Um, like it what was. exactly did you go through? Uh, you, you told me you had legit PTSD from. Yeah. That no, I was in. Uh, like I, diagnosed. I'm guessing. Or yeah, I was what? diagnosed. Uh, yeah, I was diagnosed. Um, I was. Uh, I did. Um, 
Oh, what's it? A A A M A D M R. It's like uh, basically um, I had to go through this thing uh, where they give you these two little buttons, and you sit there and you are asked to repeat and recall your traumatic events. And then every time there's like a stop in that traumatic event, you hit a button. Crazy. And then you just keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Because um, basically it was trying to pin that with, pin your moments of like distress. PTSD, of yeah. distress, yeah. with monotony. So that it forces it through your processing center. So that was how it was explained to me where it was like, you know, to tone down the intensity because PTSD kind of? basically is memories that just keep replaying. They can't get processed. Your brain just physically can't process Crazy. these moments, it's right? It's like gum in the machine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this, this ADMR or whatever it was, um, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but, uh, basically it's, it's, a, it's an acronym, uh, for re it's like re, re, reprocessing. Um, we can look it up. And yeah, add, add something it like that. It's like, it, yeah, basically. Um, and uh, that was what it was supposed to do was, you know, every time I did this, uh, I pin it with monotony and I was trying to process these hmm. these memories, right? I've never heard PTSD described like that. It, it honestly sounds like PTSD, the way you're describing it, is emotional constipation. It, that That's essentially, <laughs> that is probably <laughs> the most... Uh, um, straightforward way of explaining or cerebral constipation, yeah, whatever you want. Exactly. To, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's I think that's probably the best way to describe and the clicking it. Clicking thing is like a laxative. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you want diarrhea for your memory? Yeah. Here's CDMR or whatever. Got to make your brain shit its pants. Yeah, fucking. This is your Pepto right here. I didn't you know, know my like brain had pants. But yeah, I oh, think. Oh, we got something. Is it autonomous sensory meridian response? Sounds like the right acronym. Yeah, could be, uh, but it also, uh, it, but I know reprocessing is in the name. I know reprocessing is in the name. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of that. It's, so uh, Makes that, sense in this, theory, though. This is the shit that I was, uh, you know, that I had to go through after um, after the relationship. Because it started out like a fucking fairy tale in the most disgusting way possible. Um, because it was like, you know, I met you her. Fucked a centaur? Yep. No. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and she saw me and she was like, wow, that guy knows how to fuck. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. No, uh, it, was, it was one of these things where, you know, we met at work and uh, she was put on my team at work and so i was assigned to be her her personal like uh, uh, peer mentor that's kind of already person. sexual tension oh 100 like, yeah. and you know what it was my boss at the time he's like oh he's fucking he was the shady greek son of a bitch uh, he actually got fired for oh man i don't know if i should say this but uh, he got fired for whipping his dick out um <laughs> at a girl in the, the in the lunchroom. And he was the boss? Yeah. Good lord. Um, I'm assuming all this was pre-me, too. If you were even yeah. considering hitting on someone who was working under you that was a female. Yes. This must have been pre-me, too. Yeah, exactly. that shit doesn't fly anymore. No, exactly. So it was... Uh, Office it was romance is dead. Like, I... That was the story that I was told. I don't know if it's 100% true, but uh, this guy was a slime ball. And um, that seems like a story you should verify before saying on like a podcast. Well, this guy took his dick out. No, that probably. was that was that was the thing. I'm I, like, he like he was like he, he got removed. Though, he got so removed. Must have been something. Yeah. Yes. He got removed. Um, and this wasn't the first time um, that I had heard about a dick being uh, uh <laughs> Uh, displayed first, in the office. This is not the first office dick-related incident. <laughs> wow. Where, so, where did you work? Uh, no, no, no I'm is, not uh, saying that. No. Um, uh, but basically, uh, <laughs> but anybody watching who knows me, 
Sorry. Uh, but uh, basically, this was... Um, I don't work there anymore, so whatever. Uh, I was going to say, smellish no. marketing? No, no, no. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't work there anymore. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, it was... It was uh, yeah, I met her there, and he put me with her because he was like, oh, this girl, she's very cute. Yeah, you He's go like with her. Oh, yeah, he was, he was gross. And he, this guy didn't wear deodorant, and he had just flaky skin. And You go just, together. You, you, go. you let me watch. She, <laughs> she cute. She cute. I hide behind the curtain. It we film little movies. Yes, it's make fine. Some money. Oh, it's good. Little it money. It's worse and worse. Yeah, so basically, uh, yeah, so he was like, I was like, all right, well, whatever. And I was... Like I said, I was yeah. fucking ups and downs all the time. So Well, I mean, I to this, be fair, if someone's like, hey, I'm going to partner you up with this attractive person that you were probably already like extremely checking attractive out, as yes. opposed to like, or did you want to go with uh, with Carl over yeah, there? Yeah, you, you want to go with fucking Carl over there? Yeah, he smells like, he exactly. smells like tapioca. Like, uh, but uh, yeah, it was... Um, uh, yeah, so world, so, world, yeah. Why can't I say whirlwind? Whirlwind romance, kind of world, like yeah, you guys yeah. just we just kind of puppy kinda, dog love, kind of puppy dog love. It was like you know there was moments of like oh we ate lunch together alone and we just talked the whole time. Mm. Uh, and it was like the no, you fir- hang up. No, yeah, you hang yeah, well, up. Well, like, exactly. Uh, well, it was at, it was at lunchtime. Uh, you know, well, in the, no, I know, in the lunchroom, that right? It was that energy, yeah. right? Where it was like, oh, do we want to go back to yeah. work? I don't know. I could just sit here and talk to you. Let's for play hours. hooky. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's play hooky. So it was like that kind of uh, romance, you know. And uh, uh, it was even funny because like the first time I had met her, um, she just started um, working. Uh, she was in training and she was like doing a scavenger hunt uh, to figure out the office. And you know, I saw her and I was like that is amazing um and uh then the next time i saw her i was coming i was coming out of the office and i had all these cups all these like water bottles and i like i didn't know i just i don't drink a lot of water at work and um i was leaving to go to my car and she comes downstairs and literally i was like oh like i just saw her and i froze right because she was just like this most like fucking you were captivated i was captivated right Mm. and she was like she got a lot of cups there and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got a lot of cups. And I just left, right? I just left. Um, smooth. Yeah, it was smooth, right? And it was like these moments I was like, oh, she's never going to fucking talk to me again. What also would have like, worked oh, would have been like, guy. I like to stay hydrated. Yeah, I like to stay <laughs> hydrated. Uh, which is funny because I actually wrote that scene into a film. Uh, oh, nice. I wrote I wrote a film and I'm trying to I'm trying to get it done, uh, made, uh, which is it's loosely based on this. Loosely based What's on this. Called? I love to hate uh, you. Uh, yep. I love to hate you. Uh, no, it's called Ian. Um, it's called Ian. That's, that's just the that's name the of it. Yeah, name. that's yeah. the character's name. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's loosely based. It's kind of like this fight club meets office space kind of feel. It's kind of cool. cool. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, yeah, so I had met her and then, uh, we started kind of seeing each other. We went on a date and, you know, things were great. It was like, we had a first kiss. Our first kiss was even kind of like really adorable and like kind of stupid. Uh, we were in like a movie theater and we had like our 3D glasses on and I went in to kiss her and the glasses just kind of like clink, <laughs> you know, they got tangled. And it was together. like kind of got tangled. And then I was like, and then I, ca- and it was, it was adorable. <laughs> you can't right? even make that up. You can't even make that shit up. Like That's this was right. like too perfect rom- rom-com gold right exactly there. like we had those moments um and then uh i think it was like a month in i found out that she had been like 
with some other dude. Um, like in the same bed. in the same in the same time. No, I meant in the same bed. Like she, she would bring him to your place or no? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, well, uh, this was like she had forewarned me. Oh, I'm kind of involved with another person, so we oh, can't okay. we can't like be a hundred percent like um, like go steady or whatever. Yeah, we can't yeah. go steady, right? And then uh, so no I was one like, says that anymore. Yeah, we can't go steady, right? Uh, take me to homecoming, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was like, we, we, so I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, but then, but then shit got like really real because then she started like describing like how he was and, um, all these things. Yeah. Like in bed and like how he was very like aggressive. Tell her that didn't make, oh, okay. She was like reaching out to you more. Yeah. And he, she was, she was like, oh, he's very abusive. He's this, he's that. And I was like, all right, well, this is kind of fucked. Um, but then I was like. I was like, oh, she's like a fucking, she's a, she's a bird with a broken wing. I have to help her. Uh, that was my helping mentality. I was like, I have to save this girl. I have to be her knight in shining armor to save her from the shitty prince. Get him away from him, uh, the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that just kind of helped, made me want her more almost, even though she had been like with this guy and he was essentially violating her, um, yeah. you know, and I was like, yeah, that made me want her more because I was like, I have to save her. I have to be a fucking hero in this story, and this is the rom-com. This is where my life is going, and I meet this amazing girl, mm. but then there's, like, there's it your problem. like the right thing to do, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so, so I'm... So you told her to break up with the guy? Well, yeah, I yeah. told her to break up with the guy, and, and she, she had, right? And it was like, oh, yeah, we're done, this kind of thing, and then uh, three months later goes on, um, she's at home, or she she's having a... I, I think I, I sent I drove her home. She used to have panic attacks all the time from work, stuff like that. And now I realize why she had all these panic attacks. Um, she had her own PTSD. She had no no she Maybe. she no. was kind of going through. She had a lot on her plate um, mm. because she was living a double life essentially, right? Um, one of them she was being abused it sounds like too so that yeah. would be part of well that that yeah. that helps right? Um, but basically she was having a panic attack one day, so I drove her home. Um, and then I found out two hours later that that guy was at her house and he she had drove her to him. I basically drove her to him wow. and I didn't know. Right. He was her. just there. Wow. I brought him and then she, yeah. And then she told me that she cheated on me at that moment. But is it and, cheating if you guys were in like a kind of open seeing each other? Right. Well, like that's the thing. So this was after she had like broken it off with him and we oh, were so going more steady. Oh, okay, like okay. this girl had, this girl had fucking clothes at my house at this point, you know? Okay. And like, you know, she had been, we had been staying and, um, you know, I found out that this happened and this was like, I think my, my snapping point, um, because I was dumb enough to forgive her. Mm. Um, and, and then she realized she could just keep, and then she realized that she could just keep doing that. And then it got to the point where she was in, she was almost imitating him, um, in our relationship where she was, you know, being very powerful and, you know, uh, starting to, uh, starting to show verbal and physical abusive attributes. Um, so weird. It's like he's abusing her and then she's now doing that to and now, me. And now she's doing that to, to me, right? Interesting. Um, well, not like in a good way, but mm-hmm. like it's an interesting mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. I mean. Just emotions was, are crazy the way people. Exactly, right? Um, she was, you know, always a pretty emotional person and she, she had a, other issues, deep-seated issues. She had f- terrible father issues, um, which didn't help, right? Mm. Um, and this guy was, you know, a little bit older than us um, and he kind of had that 
that stature, right? Yeah. Um, so he definitely was her father in yeah, all of the this. Daddy issues, the daddy her, issues. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure she would have called him daddy. Mm. You know, which I I don't understand that. I don't world. get that either. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Sidebar. Like. Like I don't. Fucking your parents and sister porn is whole, weird. Why like, is it whole, on the rise? I guess like you know I I don't have a stepsister so maybe that's okay but like I'm just. <laughs> you know what, man? Anytime I've seen that shit, I've always thought. The stepsister is just their justification so that they can, yeah, like be like, oh, what if you grew up that bad? What if you like literally that stepsister is a stepsister when you were one years old and then you grew up with this person? That's still your fucking sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if your parents get married when you're both twenty, then that's a little different. You're full grown adult. You never met this person in your life. You're both like sexual mature beings. Oh, our parents are getting married now. You're my sister, and I'm (laughs) supposed to just not. That I get. That's kind of crazy. But no, if you're raised with someone. There might as well be your flesh and blood. No, you know exactly. I mean? um, yeah. So yeah, she was she was doing all that stuff, right? Um, and uh, um, it was like we uh, finally decided, you know, we moved in together. Um, so she was physically abusing you at this point. Yeah, she was like she was, but like the, when you're in an abusive relationship, it's fucked because I get it, I get it because you don't feel the need. There's leaving them is not an option. Hmm. Because you, you think that they're just broken and you can help them get back to a yeah, peaceful place. And, and, and you think and, – and almost like that abuse is like kind of like your shackles. Like it's like, it's like oh, like I can't leave them because they'll be mad at me. Which is <laughs> so like <laughs> ridiculous when you really play it out. Yeah, I know. But like that's that's the way you're, you're – Well, I you know, think like, that must – and I'm not trying to paint you as a certain person at that point in your life. But I think that must stem from insecurity. Oh, 100%. It's just letting that, that like – need to put someone else's needs before yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do that in a loving way too if you're like in love with your spouse and you, I would do anything for my wife, I would take a bullet for her. I'm not talking about that. I mean like yeah. what, what you're, the example you're giving more, you know, the negatives of that. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. it's like you're you're on autopilot essentially. Yeah, You're exactly. on autopilot. You're like, I'm you're doing everything. Like, this is bad for me. I am doing everything that this person wants me to do because they love me. Yeah, you've been programmed through they sex love... or through affection of right? some kind. Man, and that was the thing. Like even you've been cuddling like, and like... I don't even know how like how in depth you want me to go on this or whatever or what but like even the sexual thing was I was a fucking I was a human dildo is what I was, you know? <laughs> like it was just all right. Do your thing. You didn't even say sex doll. You just said dildo. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was, uh, I was, yeah. You were I was still shaped like a man. Well. No, yeah. no, for sure. Dude, um, I literally, it could have just been my fucking hips. For you all. didn't like, feel like. There was no, yeah. You were a part of it at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it was, it was like, oh, she had to, like, it was her. It was all her. It was all her. And then me, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to go and cry in the bathroom and, you know. Maybe fat felt, one out. It was. You just felt like you couldn't. <laughs> sorry. You just felt like you couldn't escape, though. Yeah. So, that, so wait, then let's fast forward. How the fuck did it actually end in the end? Oh, okay. Well, um, it I boiled over. I got, I got, I fought back. Um, I kind of. Well, yeah. So basically. No, well, it was. It okay. was self-defense. Like there was moments of like, you know, like the abuse was bad when, you know, we'd be talking. We'd have a, you know, we'd have a verbal, a verbal fight. And just out of nowhere, she'd punch me in the face. Whoa. You know, moments like that. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of walking out into the snow, into like the snowy nights in the middle of the night without your shoes on and just being like, you know, trying to make a point like, oh, come back. And then like, oh, is that person, is she going to come after me or is he going to come after me? Mm. You know, like it was all that. It was like mind games. And yeah, it was, yeah. like I said, physical. Like there was points like, where show she Show me how much you love me. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And there was points where like we'd be fighting. She would like 
claw me like with her with her hands or like bite my face um you know it was like it was moments like that so you just had to like push her off you like yeah it was like yeah. it was exactly that right because like, i couldn't see you punching a woman no god no like god no i just don't want anyone to take that the wrong way no, i feel like I, more details is actually better in yes this so i think though. so i think uh you know like there was like you know i had to push her off mm. um and and you know what and if it was like i pushed her off gently she'd find a way to run into a, a bookshelf to make it look like to make did. it look like i heard her um yes. and uh it was like there was also moments of like where it was just i like had to hold her down like fucking calm the shit calm down like you're you're going nuts right um and uh she would she would chalk it up oh, you're abusing me you're hurting me you're doing this you're doing that meanwhile i'm 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 sitting here most nights i can't fucking sleep um, you know, or, or if I am sleeping, she'll wake me up in the middle of the night and ask me about a girl I had slept with like five years ago because she was thinking about it and she wanted to know every detail Jesus. because she wanted it to be different from what it was with her. Oh my God. So there was all this total, like just a mental, physical world of abuse. Right. And, uh, I was in it for about two years and when it came to an end, it was like, she, I fought back in a sense and she was like, Oh, I can't fuck with him anymore. So she was like, I'm out. I'm, I'm leaving. Um, the fun is gone. <laughs> and the fun is gone. Um, well, and she liked being in control. She liked being and, yeah. in control. Uh, so she moved out on her own and, uh, I was still attached to her very much. So I paid her first month's rent of her new place. I, I helped her move. Um, I, you know, I did all these stupid fucking things for her because you still felt like because i was like oh you know like maybe maybe she's still gonna come back maybe she's still gonna you know love me you know because i was still i think that's also very uh, you know i was was still fucking dahmer drilled like i was like "Mm," like you know and uh basically (laughs) (laughs) dad can you uh close the window sorry I just little, didn't want to get little, up and fucking little, little cold, little It's fine. Um, Especially with the no sleeves. I try to differentiate from the last episode because we recorded two episodes today. So, you know, I wanted to switch up the look, keep them interesting. Movie magic. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I feel like this is one of the things we wanted to talk about because it's less prevalent in society that men... 100%. ...talk about being abused in relationships. And <laughs> yeah. I think it comes from that, like, machismo, like, they don't want to sound like a pussy that some girl beat them up right. or whatever. But, like, come on. People can be intense regardless of gender or yeah. sexual orientation. Yeah. Like people can be fucking crazy yeah. and you know, you don't need, well, you know, muscles necessarily and, to and fuck with someone. It's kind of funny uh, that you say like, oh, you have to be macho and like, you know, you be a man, grow up. That's not uh, what I think. By any well, means, like, but, but like yeah. that was part of her abuse, right? It was like, oh, you should be able to take this. You know, it was like, oh, you're, you're, you're not a man. You're a pussy. You know, like, I was, like there was all that kind of going on. Right. Um, and, uh, and towards the end, it was, it was this moment of, of, um, she then decided she wanted me back. This is like how long? This now? was like maybe three months, four yeah. months into something her, went wrong in her life. And, something uh, exactly. Yeah. Something went wrong in her life. And, you know, and uh, at that point, I had already been seeing someone. You know, and I had already been, I had already been with a with a with with a lovely girl uh, right after her, um, whom I still love dearly, and I talk to. She's one of my you know best friends uh, that I that I will have, and you know, like it's. So you guys are just friends. We're now. just friends yeah. now, but she, you know, like last week she calls me and she's like, "Hey, I'm worried about you. You okay? Yeah, I'm good." 
all right. And we talked for an hour and it was like, okay, cool. And then we just kind of went on with our lives. Right. So that's the kind of relationships that I like to get into. I think anybody does, right. Healthier ones, yeah. uh, healthier ones. Right. And, um, you know, this one was bad and it came to a head when, um, the one time she threatened to commit suicide, someone who threatens to commit suicide and tell someone about it, they don't want to kill themselves. They just, they're, it's a cry for help. Yeah. Um, generally so speaking. generally speaking, right. So she shows up to my house. The cops were sent to my house. It's a whole big kerfuffle. Um, but meanwhile, the fucking whole time the cops are in my house, I was high. It was like a kite. <laughs> Cause you didn't know they were coming. I was like, yeah. I didn't know they were coming. I was sitting there playing overwatch and just like, meh. Um, and the cops show up and, you know, she's on the couch and he's trying to calm her down. The one cop's taking my statement and I'm high. And I've got probably about an ounce of weed in the closet. This, this is, is before legalization. This is before legalization. Yeah. Um, so that's what makes the story interesting. Yeah. Um, more co- oh, cop. You know, it's like, uh, I was talking to the cop. I had a couple beers in my fridge. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the landscape has changed. Exactly. But, uh, you know, and he, uh, I, I could have swore for, for certain he smelt my pot. And he probably did. But, you know. He's deal- dealing with a Crazy situation. bitch on the couch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, basically. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't use that term. Um, and unless you are one. Well, that's um, the thing. Like, if she's actually a crazy bitch, then it's kind of not really, like, you're not saying all women are bitches or no, something. Like, she was no. being a bitch. Yeah, she was being crazy and being a bitch. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, that was one of, that was, like, the moment it came to a head. I was like, this girl is crazy. Um, and then, uh, and then I found out that she had been intimate with the guy from the very beginning. Oh. All the way through. Yeah. Even, even us dating, you know, even with us living together. It was like all the way through she had been finding, you know, oh, I'm going to my friend's house for a bonfire. That's so... Oh, no, she was going to his house for a bonfire, you know? Well, and that's even more disturbing if you guys have like an act, however non-satisfying it may have been, if you guys were having an active sex life. We were. And you learn like, oh, like whenever she wasn't fucking me, she was banging this guy. And I don't know what what kind of fucking, fucking caves this guy was dipping his well, wick exa- into you know like i, I <laughs> like i don't i don't know like it's no no for real that's that's a, a real concern if you're in a relationship with someone and they're sleeping with someone else you don't yeah. know where that person has been. Yeah. yeah um so it was uh it was pretty it was pretty tough to learn that um and it was like this especially when you've already moved on yeah because right? you you guys were broken up it was yeah it was yeah. tough to learn this it was like it was like oh like oh my god like I literally have been deceived for the last two years and, and, you know, but you're trying to move on too. So and I'm like, trying to move on. And it's just like this moment of like, holy shit, like two years of my life has been almost pretty much a lie, yeah. um, on, on, in my, in my love life, you know, like my love life was a loveless life and it was just a de- life of deception. You know, it was like, it was pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so I found out about it because she had been on the third, she had been on the third floor um, and we used to work on the second floor and this guy, by the way, used to work with us as well. And she was on the third floor. I was on the second floor. He was on the second floor. Normally she's supposed to be on the second floor. I go upstairs. Hey, what's going on? Why are you on the third floor? Just shooting the shit. You know, I try to be, I try to be a nice cordial person with her. I try to be like a, a normal, like, Oh, so you had to keep working. Yeah. I had to keep after. working with oh, this, shit. this crazy lady. Um, and so I tried to be nice, you know, and I just was making just professional convers- at least. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of making conversation. Hey, you switch teams or, you know, what are you doing on the third floor? 
I don't oh. think I could do that with someone who had punched me in the face. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like, and that's and that's how damaged and shitty. Well, you still had the mental yeah, victim exactly. mentality. Like, like exactly, yeah. and that's how damaged and shitty I was. Is like I was like, I didn't care that she punched me in the face. I still love her. Yeah, you know, that's and up. and uh, basically, uh, she, you know, I went up to her and I went, you know, what are you doing on the third floor? And she goes, Oh, me and. Uh, let's call him douche tits for this, for this, uh, for the thing. Um, so, oh, me and douche tits, um, were, were, um, he threw me around at, at a wedding, um, over the weekend and there's a police investigation going on. So this woman is not only fucking up my life, fucking up his life because I found out later that that didn't happen. Um, and, uh, she's fucking up the work situation as well she's bringing this drama but at least now maybe you and him can join forces and be like look man let's put our differences aside i don't know we if she was a, i don't know if she if he was a hundred percent not at fault because i i do i do believe uh, okay it may have been like i, I do believe like, because i have heard from other people that he is like that mm. um which which uh, shitty enough i i dated a girl um, I went on a couple of dates with Tinder uh, for a girl I met on Tinder, and um, she was like, "Oh, my friend works at that office," and I found out it was him, and she was past involved with this motherfucker. And I was like, "This guy, I literally, this guy, I, I've you probably, I've probably come into contact with this guy's dick more than most women." I was gonna say. We should probably switch at this point. It's like people have learned nothing about you other than your relationship stuff. And it's kind of like, not to say a downer, but like, no. I want to bring it up a little bit. Yeah, here. let's, uh, so, sure, sure. And I also wanted to not plug, I guess is the wrong word because it's not really a lie, but we did this comedy thing together called Spitball Comedy. Yeah, we did. And it was kind of sketch comedy. We only made a few. Yeah. But there's a couple that are really good. So I'm going to put little cards up so people can watch them because the Dungeons and Dragons and Dating. Yeah. DD and D. Those yeah. are pretty funny. Like, yeah, we had some I good think characters. We got, and you know, we got some good laughs. Um, and we Weed Santa was also good. Yeah, I also think this is funny because, like, we just had, like, a fucking 40-minute dark-ass conversation, and we're like, Weed Santa! Check out Weed Santa. (laughs) Check out Weed Santa. Well, actually, the real thing I wanted to talk to you about was um, that I think is very positive is that you are someone who actually took the steps to, like, quit their day job. I did. And this is recent, too, fairly recent. Yeah, May, May, May. Mm Mm-hmm. So Jesse used to work. I guess you can't say where. I used now. to work. I used to work in uh, in the insurance industry. There you go. Um, that, that's broad enough. You know, I was I was definitely a really good salesman. Um, I this is like four years or something. right? I was there actually. I was there for six years. Oh, six years was uh, it was January um, of last year. Was I was there for six years? Uh, or sorry, of this year, I guess you would say last like. 2019 January 10th was my anniversary at that company um and uh um I was you know always the film guy I was always the film guy any any place I went people were like oh you know you're cameras and you know you yeah, do this yeah. that kind of thing and um, like passion project. and then at that company i kind of did the same thing i started doing like internal training videos uh, okay. um you know they shipped me to montreal to do a documentary on a certain department yeah because you do weddings and stuff yeah like and that. i do weddings and stuff like that right so i was kind of like i have a camera and i know how to make things look good uh so i'm going to offer you my services um so i don't have to sell coin. shit on the phones yeah yeah uh so i did oh, that's that. just what you did instead yeah, of oh, okay, exactly cool. so I, I did that i did that for a while um um, for that company, um, and uh, and then one day, um, and again, same thing. I was doing a short film 
a very terrible short film. I'm not going to say the name, um, but I was doing a short film and I met a I met a guy um, on it, and um, he has uh, he was working um, for one of the larger companies here in Ottawa, uh, Fireside Pictures. Um, yeah, they used to be Mob Entertainment. Um, sounds familiar. Yeah, so they used to be Mob Entertainment. So they shoot all the, uh, you know, your Hallmark Christmas movies, which are, man, they are popular. I was in one. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas recently. Rock and Roll or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's on YouTube. It was cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, yeah, a couple of my uh, my camera team worked on that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, basically, um, yeah, it was, they do all the big, uh, they do all the big uh, movies here in Ottawa. So I, uh was asked to have an interview. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, he's like, what do you, what are you thinking about doing? Uh, you want to be like a, an assistant cameraman or, or you want to like work, work on big film sets. And I was like, sure. And this was like a free job, you know? And then I was kind of, I always thought it was funny cause people were like, you know, what, like the, the film that I met him on. Right. Um, people were always like, Oh, why are you doing all this stuff for free? You know, well, I got, you know, my career out of it. You made connections, yeah. I made a, I made a huge connection with it, you know. So I met, I met my buddy, um, at that point and, uh, he, you know, introduced me to, uh, the executive producer at Fireside Pictures. Um, and, uh, oddly enough, I had already known the line producer. Um, I had done some casting with him. Uh, but, uh, basically, uh, I got interviewed, I showed him my stuff and next thing I knew I was a camera trainee and I got to quit my job. That must've um, still been scary though, to like take that plunge. It was and, horrifying. Especially after six years. It was of, terrifying. It's like taking your security yeah. blanket and just lighting Literally, it on fire. Literally all my benefits, everything. Um, wow. like it was, it was terrifying. Uh, but it, it hasn't was, been a bad decision no, from what I've seen. No, uh, I've been successfully unemployed uh, normally. Uh, but, like, I would say unemployed. You're paying your bills. I'm paying my own bills. Doing what you actually want to do. Yeah, so that's a pretty big exactly. fucking Exactly. I mean, it, it's been a struggle. I mean, uh, just kind of learning how to sock away money uh, is well yeah because the, the schedule thing. for filming is very all over the place oh, yeah right? like you'll be like, really busy for like three weeks and then you'll be free for a while yeah you know. uh you know for that like three weeks you know you're making a killer paycheck you don't have to buy food right because you're working all, like 12 hours you're days working and shit. 12 13 hour days yeah. um Getting you know six when you went to bed at fucking midnight exactly there's no turnaround it's like you yeah. know here's your seven hour turnaround uh no that's that's a lie don't don't um don't kill me uh but basically oh, yeah, there's like a there's there's shit. union yeah, rules yeah. and stuff like that but uh yeah no that uh, was one thing i learned when i worked on that movie was that um if they go like past like lunch even by like two minutes grace they, yeah ask for grace yeah they, they ask for grace they ask the they ask the crew is it okay if we go over because technically lunch? everyone has the right to be like stop yeah it's one o'clock and yeah. the union rule four seven we eight. can fuck yeah. off you know we can go to lunch right yeah. um so that was uh that that is some that is like sure a, you won't get a lot of jobs if you get known as being that guy though no no just like, um, i need my mac and cheese yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wish they had mac and cheese at craft services uh sometimes they do but uh basically um they what we what we did um i just noticed i say basically a lot you're, I when you're, that. yeah, when you do podcasting, you notice yeah. all these things that you didn't notice yeah. about yourself. I'm, I notice that a lot about myself, um, just just in general. Well, you also said you were dry, and then you smoked that joint, so it must be like at least I didn't put super strong shit in there, but it should be buzzing a little. I don't bit. even notice when I'm high anymore. I forgot. I know what you mean. You don't get high in the same way as when you're like young and you don't do it that often. Oh yeah, just kind of no. like I've never like I haven't had I haven't had roller coaster moments yet uh, lately. 
you know, or you're sitting on the couch and you're like, things are moving and I'm not. Yeah. Maybe if I did like a really crazy dab or something, that's yeah. probably the most recent no. memory I have. Yeah. I think you, I think we, we, we are only able to get high off of like the moonshine of the, of the, uh, the weed world, you know? Or if we just go like time without it for like, if I didn't like smoke or vape for like three days, I'd probably yeah, get if you do super like a, high off anything. A, you know? Like a tea break. Yeah. Yeah. And just take a tolerance break. Um, that's hard for me to do. Uh, cause I love it so much. Um, yeah, I was going to say what? What's this break? <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's the last time I, I actually took a... Well, when I was married, I, I definitely didn't smoke and stuff as much because no. it was more of an issue in that relationship. Yeah. And granted, weed was in a lot like of a different place in society back then, too, yeah. so I could understand her apprehensions with it more, but... I think she uh, didn't like it because it made me dumb. But then my argument was like, well, it only makes me dumb because I only do it every couple weeks and then I get fucking crazy high. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't back when you could check the percentages on your THC and shit. It was like, you'd get Isn't whatever that you lovely? get. That's lovely. That's oh, lovely. I think it's godsend. I think it's great. And you're like, how high do I want to get? Or do I want to, do I want to want to introduce someone and not blow their fucking brains yeah, out? And you're like, Hey, this has got, weed. this has got, you know, equal CBD and THC here. Yeah. This is going to be okay for you. I think um, a lot of people that hate weed that are like, Oh, I'm never going to do weed. I tried it once. It's like they just didn't know or they had a really crazy strain. Don't fucking know. That shit, that shit could know. have been laced with cocaine. You don't know. Well, there's like, that. Back in the day, I suppose, yeah. Too big a piece of cake. So, yeah, I quit my job, man. <laughs> oh, we're going back to that. Uh, shit. No, no, I'm just, just going back to that. Um, I've been in the industry for six or seven months now. I've made, uh, I've worked on seven films uh, total like seven feature films. Um, and I have been like start to finish on four. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, the the three of them were Christmas movies. Uh, one you showed me was like a Western. Oh yeah. One. Okay. So the first one I worked on was Christmas crush, um, which is, uh, really whatever. Um, and then I was a trainee on that. It was my first movie. So I was just, everything was bright and shiny for Mm -hmm. me and new. So it was a great experience for me. Um, the movie's probably going to be a, mediocre experience um the second film i worked on they threw me right to the dogs my first official movie as a second ac i worked on the two deaths of henry baker and this was a western uh, I, I do that jokingly i don't actually put western. h's in for yeah. but it was a western movie um what's an ac or a second AC? Uh, a second ac so second assistant cameraman okay. so basically i'm in charge of equipment um and people freak out because i do the slate you know, That's go in fun. front. People, oh, you do that, right? Like, you know, nobody cares about equipment. But yeah. as soon as I say I do the click thing, they're like, oh, That's my God. so fun. Yeah. yeah, oh, my God, it's so fun. But, Everybody uh, imagines doing that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, so I, I, I essentially charge batteries for a living um, on set. Uh, but it's a great experience. Um, my job is important. Um, but, uh, you know, it's 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 an entry level, right? It's not, I'm, it's like, I wasn't expecting to quit my job and like be a director of photography overnight, you know? Okay, Scorsese. And, and like, and and I'm still, and I'm still being a director of photography, um, other places and, and being a director other places, um, like local stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Local stuff or like with the Academy, all that stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I worked on two deaths of Henry Baker and this was, uh, had Gil Bellows from, uh, he was in Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Um, so he was the uh, character um, that Tim Robbins got him his high school diploma, and then the warden had him killed. Um, so I've seen this a long right, time ago. exactly. Really but uh, movie, this was his character honest. in the film, um, and uh, so Gil Gil was the main character. He played Henry Baker in this film. Uh, it also has Tony Curran um, from uh, Gladiator. He had a bit part in Gladiator. He was in the new Deadwood movie. And if people watch Doctor Who, apparently he played Van Gogh. 
and it was like oh a, i saw that uh, yeah like a clip from that yeah and apparently it was like apparently it's like one of the best performances like of all time dude it's really good yeah and anyways i worked with him um on the the two deaths of henry baker he played the bad guy in it that's awesome um he's a super nice guy super nice guy um one of the one of the funniest things that I remember is uh, i saw him the lunch day the first day we went to lunch and uh, the first day he was sitting there alone at a table eating lunch and i was like are you kidding me no one's sitting so I was, like, I was like, are you kidding? No, I was like, nah, I'm going to go sit with Tony. That's so, the kind of shit I do too. Yeah, right? exactly. So I sat down with Tony Curran and, you know, he's this, he's, he, if you, if you don't know who he looks like, he's a redhead, he's, he's Scottish. Um, and, uh, he's, Imagine if he just turned and was like, can I fucking help you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, that's the kind of person he was, right? But he was a super nice guy. So anyway, I sat down he's like, oh, hello. And he starts, you know, he introduces himself and he's like, I'm Tony. And I'm like, I know. But I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm 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 Jesse, and and uh, you know started talking, whatever. And Sebastian Piggott, the writer, also in the movie, um, uh, he walks by, and Tony looks at him like a normal human being, and he goes, "This is this is this is the translation." I'm going to tell you the translation before what he actually says. He looks at him and goes, "Do you watch soccer?" But obviously he's Scottish. He looks at him in his Scottish way, and he goes. Do you fuck with football? Like that. Like just just like you fuck with football? Sounds pretty scary. Like just whatever. Like that's how you ask someone do you watch do you watch a sport? Do you fuck with it? Really cuz like the whole um yeah, I fuck though. with that. I thought that was a hip hop thing. I thought it was hilarious. I thought cuz like he's just this like this like little well, he's not little. He's like maybe you know, maybe 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. You know, this like redheaded Scottish dude. Just You're not like, expecting that. No. Yeah. You fuck with football. Like that, and uh, I thought that was like I was like this guy's awesome, and um, he did. He was such an amazing performance um, in the film. Um, it was arguably the coolest like film you worked on. Uh, it is. It is definitely the coolest film Hands I worked down. on. Um, nice. We spent half a day filming a sex scene. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> How vivid are we talking here? Oh, like straight vivid. Like the girl was all exposed. Um, I, it was it was crazy. It, it was, was like no- a softcore porn well, scene. Kind of? Okay, so it was like it was like HBO level of uh, okay, like okay. sex scene, right? Um, it wasn't like you know, um, uh, Littlefinger like instructing girls to like you know pleasure themselves. I've HBO only seen style. The first three seasons. But like, okay, well, like, well, there's that scenes in the first season. Oh, is it? Um, well, yes. I just don't remember so, it. It was the it was the only thing my dad ever watched that show, and it was the first time I was like, "Dad, Game of Thrones is on. You should watch it." That's the channel he turns it to, and he's like, "What the fuck, Jesse? What is wrong with this? What is this?" Anyway, he's like, "This is what you watch: women pleasuring themselves." I'm like, (laughs) "Well, yeah, Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) so do I." Um, And yeah, so basically, uh, yeah, it was the coolest film I worked on. Um, There, you know, we set a car on fire. There was gunfights. There was, like I said, there was a, there was a whole. It was a funny sex scene. It was like one of these things where the guy was being louder than the girl, kind of thing. Um, So it was all comedic. Um, And like grunts and stuff. Oh man, it was hilarious. hilarious. And the girl, like, she was a, she was prostitute, right? It was a. This wasn't the main star. No. Okay. No, no. That'd be weird if you're like shooting the shit at lunch and then in the afternoon he's like, Jesse, you're getting the shot. <laughs> no, that was uh, in Scottish. Sorry. Yeah. You get to do, do you fuck with fucking? Do you fuck with a shot, Jesse? Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, no. It was uh, it was a great it was a great film to work on. Um, and the you cat- showed me like a bunch of explosions. Yeah. That they were doing um, stuff. So we set it like I said. We set a car on fire. We had like. Sure. Uh, gunfights. We had. Um, that was the first time you dealt with like pyrotechnics. Oh man, like it was so cool. It was so cool. Um, so that was definitely in uh, like near and dear to my heart. Um, 
when uh, when we finished that film, it was both uh, a relief and a sadness um, because you know it was definitely the only film that I've worked on at that stature, that level. Because like I said, I work on these Christmas movies, right? And I, yeah. I work on these. Nice you know, those are not. Change. That's those aren't. That's not movie. Uh, like, it's not like a film. Film. It's it's business. You know, it's like it's sheerly just entertainment. You know, going in, the guy's gonna really fall in love part. with the girl. Yeah whatever, and you know about 20 minutes before the end of the movie, something's going to go wrong, a misunderstanding's going to happen, and then they fall in love at the end, right? Yeah. Um, it has to have a high So it is like that, but, like, Henry Baker was, like, it's it's heart and soul. Like, you, the director, uh, Felipe uh, Mucci, I think his last name was, uh, he was so passionate. Uh, every time we would, uh, um, you know, he would do a take, you'd see him, and he'd just be like, Yes, and he would just lose it, right? He would just be so happy when we get we get so like he's actually invested. It in was it. like yeah. actually invested, and like the director of photography was like, you know, he had his design down. He's like, I want this to look like a graphic novel, you know, and 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 it wasn't it wasn't there was no formula. It wasn't cookie cutter. Like when I do these other these other types of films, and it's you like, know, it's like for Hallmark, it's like the lighting is like the dry, same. Yeah. The angles are the same. It's medium, close, close, medium, close, close, right? Like it's a wide, medium, close, wide, medium, close. Like, um, so Henry Baker was definitely uh, an indie film. We did it for under, we did it for $797,000. That was the budget of the film. And then 797,000, 797,000, a lot of money to me, but, but like for a film, <laughs> yeah, that's for very film, low. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, um, after that, I think we worked on the next one, uh, which is the matchmaker mysteries, which was a hallmark, show um with uh, Danica McKellar from Wonder Years okay. um that was a little before my time yeah and I've then Bruce Bo- Bruce Boxlater uh who was the original Tron um okay. so he was in that as well um and uh we uh we did that uh we did that movie I think that was like I think it was either over just over a million close to three something like that it was like it was in the middle between those, like one, one to three million dollars. Um, so that was kind of like a higher level. Does it make you more nervous knowing there's more money on the line? Um, no, uh, actually, I think the higher the budget, the easier your job gets. Because um, we had these guys come down from BC. We had this like film crew come down from BC. Like I said, my first AC, he worked on the first season of Flash. Um, he worked on the first season of Arrow. Um, you know, so he'd done all these these you know the bigger things, right? Yeah. So he was doing all these CW shows and. Um, you know, they come down and they're like, what is this place? Like, this is garbage. This is your camera truck. Why isn't there air conditioning? Why are we, you know, doing this? Why are we doing that? And it was like, it was like, hey, man, we're, Ottawa is a baby in the film industry. Yeah. Um, and you guys are coming from BC. You can't expect studios. You know, you can't expect a studio setting. You have to, you have to kind of be humbled a little yeah. bit, right? And these guys were not humbled. These guys were just pissed off the whole time they were here because they weren't, they, they, they couldn't work with the the stuff we had, right? That's a bummer. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. That sounds stressful. It was kind of a bummer, and it was funny too because you know the the type of uh, people uh, in the film industry. Um, there's the very miserable people that just like, why are you there? Why are you mm. doing your job? Why do you have to just constantly? Um, put a strain on 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 everybody just for being miserable but you know why it's because uh that those types of people and that type of energy is found in every occupation no no for sure unfortunately it just seems weirder in a film setting because it's like artistic and you're like oh that that shouldn't happen here but when you get that many people trying to work together 
there's bound it hits to be harder. Some it static, it, it hits know? harder too, especially because we're all artistic in a sense. Yeah, that, everyone's like, more. Opinionated everyone's definitely and, yeah. more opinionated, uh, for sure. But there's also there's also a, that's why you have to have a hierarchy on set. For exactly. Sure. There yeah. is there is a chain of command, and I learned that very fast and very um, very uh, harshly. Um, but I I am also grateful that I did learn it the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because. Uh, you have to learn. You have to learn being on a film set. Uh, well, a lot of time a director will like sound pissed off, but then like five minutes later they're like laughing again. So you know, like, oh, that's just they're like they're taking authority. So everyone like, yeah, shuts the fuck no, out. no, for sure. And it sounds angry, but then you're like, all right, like yeah. that's how you fucking yeah, you like know, lay it down. Well, like I worked on uh, this. I, I had two days on um, this Lifetime film, and the director uh, Curtis Crawford, he was like, he had this very booming, commanding voice. So when he wanted to take the floor, he would be like, all right, everybody, yeah. Yeah, but then, but then you would, but then you would have like a just one on one conversation. He was like the fucking sweetest guy ever, Mm. right? Um, So yeah, taps into that. Yeah, yeah. because people forget, you know, when they're on a film set, people forget that That they're they're working. But (laughs) but they also forget that they're working a lot of the times. Um, And then there's you know those people that forget that they're working, but they're also you know just they're there and they're doing their job, but they're they're kind of free of that like oh i don't have to be a slave to the man kind of thing mm-hmm. but then there's the other side of the film industry and there's those people that are like i'm just here to make a fucking paycheck yeah. i don't care about moving up the people who have lost the the passion yeah or like i just should have never got into it in the first yeah place. i'm just a, i'm just a dolly grip i'm that's all i am i'm just a you know i'm just an ac right like mm-hmm. me i'm an ac like there can be there's acs that are just like they want to be an ac for the rest of their lives and they're happy with it but you're using it as a stepping stone. No, I'm. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I want to. I want to jump up and do the director of photography thing because I. I definitely think. Um, that's. I. I can't go to sleep. Um, at night, if I have a film that I know I can't get made, you know what I mean. Like it's. It's like I have to find a way. Like if you have an idea, you mean? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I have to find a way to do stuff. Um, especially when you have this. Uh, this. This almost like itch. Itch. Like it's an addiction, right? Um, and some people do it when. Uh, some people treat film as, like I said, a job, and then there's people like me and and you know the bigger. It seems to apply to almost all the art forms. Though, yeah, that there's for sure. people who like are actually passionate, and other people who just use like the commercial side of it, and like yeah, that's where a lot of garbage music comes from. It's well, just exactly. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, worms sure. that are just supposed to get stuck in your head for and sure. Sell pants or whatever. For sure, it's <laughs> definitely, but it's it's definitely totally prevalent. Um, like highly prevalent in the, in the film industry. Um, there's like, yeah, it it is. I mean, there, there are, there are a lot of miserable people on set. Um, and it, it does suck. Mm -hmm. Um, because especially, you know, when you go in there and you look at them and you're like, man, why are you so miserable? Just wait until you do 15, 20 films like this. But I'm like, you, you're choosing to do that. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not bettering yourself. You're not, you know, in between films, you're not going out and making your own yeah, like films. Your You're, life isn't just gonna fucking magically work itself yeah. out for you. Like, you know? sure, you can you can do these films over and over and over again. Do you want to do you want to do a, a Christmas film over and over and over again? No. Well, I another don't. thing that's really sad is a lot of people um, take some long time to realize that. But even if they do, then they'll go like, "Oh, well, I'm too old to like make a change now." And it's like, man, that's the fucking no, attitude that got you here in the first place. Bullshit. Like, exactly. you can change that shit whenever that's, you want. That's that's total bullshit. I struggle with tons of shit, but like, <clears> that's <throat> my argument is you always got to keep trying to <clears throat> better yourself and like yep. learn shit and. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fucking make mistakes. Everybody does. And yeah. now finally people are starting to talk about shit like more openly. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Exactly. So that, that's nice. But 
I think some people are still afraid to just open up. And, right. And, and uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, I, I see a lot of people that are just kind of scared of society and they just kind of put on this mask, you know, and they... they or they want to just fit nicely they into wanna, it. Exactly. And Give they're like, no, nobody judge me. You know, yeah. I just want to go to work and come home. I just want home. a home where I can watch my shows. Yep. Exactly. Like, Exactly. And, and I've always system. had this motto where I can't see myself doing anything less than extraordinary in my life. Um, because I would subscribe to that. Yeah. It's just because even if you don't end up being like, you know, super famous or extraordinary in whatever terms, it trying to be that is still going to probably bring you down really interesting paths. And... I think, I think even right now in my life, I think I could stop and, and be happy because. I'm in the industry, Yeah, you, you know, like I movies. did what I wanted to do. I got into the film industry. Yeah. Obviously I still want to go all the way to the top. Um, my dream is to, is to be an executive producer. Um, and you know, uh, still, still produce and, and, you know, even be on the ground floor directing and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, so that's my, that's my end goal. And you don't want to pump the brakes, but yeah. Yeah. But if, I mean, you're saying like, if you got, like killed today or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, then yeah. I then I'd be like, you know, I'm not I'm not working in a call center anymore. Yeah, I'm exactly. Not, At least you took. I'm the not plunge. flipping burgers. Yeah. I'm I took the plunge. I made the decision to 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 say, you know what, fuck it. I'm I'm not going to be a normal person. No, I, <laughs> I don't want to be a normal person. I think it's boring. Um, I think those people that are like content um, with their their lives like that, I think the I think they're lying to themselves. Well, I think so they're I was afraid. Say, Content's not even really the right word. No, it's denial. They pretend that they're content. They say content, but denial is the is the truth. Um, I mean, there's a spectrum. I'm sure there's some people who really just are like, hey, you know what? I'm a quiet person. Yep. And I want to live a quiet yeah, life. Yeah, I just want to live a quiet life. And like, That's you can fine. have a family. You can have kids. And you can still follow your dream. You just need to find the right person to support it. Um, unfortunately, based off of uh, the past interview uh, that we've had, I've not found that person yet. Um, but <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, like... It, I still want to climb to the top in the film industry and I still want to be married and I still want kids, mm. you know? So I, I do definitely still have those aspirations in my life. You know, I, I definitely want to have those flexibility right now to not have those things. Well, exactly. Know. Right. And, yeah. and that's why I said earlier that, you know, my breakup with my fiance was a blessing in disguise because, mm. you know, I think that if I, you know, five years, you know, five years ago when we, if we didn't break up and we we're still together and I had kids, I definitely, I would be hard regretting a lot of things because I probably wouldn't be where I am. I mean, that's one of those like, uh, who knows, who knows, that's, right? Yeah. So deep of a question because you can't really posit that when you haven't met your unborn kids and I'm pretty sure you'd love them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know. But like, you like, know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that, like, you know, I'd be like, oh, fucking hard regretting yeah. everything. No, like, but you I, like the way, you know, went. resenting my kids. I don't think I would be like that. You know, I, I think I would still be in that mindset of like family yeah. because that, that is a big part of me. I'm a very family oriented person and one of, you know, and if that side was all I had or, or that side was blooming, I, I think that, I would just go to that side. I, I think I would be able to, you know. So, oh, so you think if, like, uh, you fell in love with someone right now and they were like, hey, I'm, like, a whatever job, but they're really passionate about it, just like you are about yours. But they're like, uh, we need to move here and you're not really going to be able to work on your film stuff anymore. For whatever reason, let's just say mm -hmm. hypothetically, mm -hmm. you think you could just give up that side uh, of your life? It depends, right? Like, I think, I think, I think, wh I think huge. it's huge. Well, it is huge. It is huge, right? And that's And that's where a lot of my problems stem from is that, 
yin and yang where it's Mm. like oh you know like i've always wanted you know film is my one true love right but also this is a real tangible thing that i can have now and i can be happy for the rest of my life yeah you know because this this might not happen this may not fucking happen this this has like a 75 percent chance of failing yeah because it's the film industry and it's one of the hardest industries to get into um and but then this is like you know i'm i i like to think i'm not a bad looking person if you really try to find a relationship with someone special it would be you could i could i could find someone who also wants to have kids like it's exactly right and there's the argument that some people would say with having kids that like if you're getting older not that you're old but Mm -hmm. eventually you'll get to the point where you're like 40 and you might be like oh i'm too old to have kids now or whatever you might feel yeah so you know it feels like there's a bit of a pressure i think a lot of people in their 20s feel pressure of like when should i start finding that person i'm going to settle down with yeah and that's where a lot of divorces come from no no, for sure rushing in being like for sure either this will be fun because it's exciting or I need the security of like a solidified relationship that's locked down and yeah. I need family life. And-, and that was, and that was like, again, one of my battles was like a 50, 50 chance, like 50, 50 chance. Like, is this going to end in divorce? What I need. Um, but it's hard, um, based off of my own mental issues. Um, a lot of people find it hard to handle me. <laughs> Burdensome, yeah. Yeah. They, they find it hard you to gotta handle. You got to find a nurse like me. Mm-hmm. They're, well, u- they're that, used to it. Well, it's funny. Uh, yeah. we were talking, um, earlier about the girl that I still talk to. Um, and you know, we're still really good friends and she still worries about me. She was a nurse. Right. And you know, it was like, you know, it was a kind of, was kind of girl that I, I guess I need, you know, someone who, sure. someone who's like, you know, okay, this guy's batshit crazy, but he's well, nurses by nature kind of have to be caring. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some rude nurses out there, but most nurses they do that. They follow that profession because they want to uh, mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. people. Yeah. They want to help, you people. know, yeah. they're, they're attentive and they're, yep. um, you know, yeah, for warm sure. people. So for sure. But yeah, that's kind of weird if you start going on like nurse chat groups and like, I need Yo, to marry a nurse. Anybody, uh, any nurses single? What are you, pediatric? All right, cool. <laughs> you know? I need to get uh, this relationship going. Yeah. Stack. All right. Dermatologist. All right. So, but Dermatology. yeah. Dermatologist nurse? Yeah, I don't know. Rash. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean. Hey, man, don't give up. Well, no. And I, you can I, balance it too. You know what I mean? And honestly, when I, I was married young in my early 20s and during that time, I don't think I could have done this kind of shit. No. Like, I, I didn't have the fucking time. Young kids are yeah. a whole different ballgame. Oh, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old now, but I don't know. It's a different ballgame. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly. older now, and my older kids are old enough to help with him. Right. And uh, it's just a different dynamic mm-hmm. than when I was uh, confused. Scared, mm-hmm. And, and you know? yeah, exactly. And then just going back, like I said, like, I'm a different person from I am who I was six, seven years ago. Yeah, um, we all got to grow, yeah. Yeah, we all got to grow, right? And who knows? Maybe two years from now, I'll you know be married and have a film studio and you know yeah, i was gonna like, say for you i almost hope that you have like your film side of things really locked in with like a really good well, job and, and that's then... the decision that i decided to make was you know um i that's why i said i'm happy where i am right now because i like i said i don't think i would have time or i would even be have have the opportunity or the drive uh to pursue where i where like i am to right now to a family to commit yeah, yeah and 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 to commit to a family at the same time yeah um so yeah i mean getting this all you know 
all these ducks in a row, I think this is a better decision for me yeah. um, in the long run because... Move up to a level where you're like really, okay, this is really pretty good. This I, is really good. Um, and then stabilize and... Then, and- yeah, and then just like your focus go to eHarmony yeah. or something. That being you know? said, you could meet someone fucking tomorrow that's just like, that's not the plan anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you love me now. Exactly. And then you're like, God damn it, I do. Exactly. All right, fuck my job. Yeah, exactly. No, but no, no. I know you would never give up on film and all that, but no. I'm just saying shit happens and, no. and things shift, you know. I mean, there's people that know me from like, you know, 15 years ago and uh, they'll be like, oh, you still doing that film thing? And yeah, I'm like, exactly. yeah. I'm still doing that film. I told you I was hardcore. Yeah, fucking told you. you. Like, actually, uh, yesterday I was at Home Depot, my old Home Depot that I used to work at, and the manager recognized me, and I was like, hey, man. And he looks at me, and he goes, you still doing that uh, camera stuff? And I was like, yeah, I do it, like, full-time now. Like, that's the industry I work in. He's like, fucking hey. You should have been like, hey, you do? Uh, you still doing that you still, uh, Home Depot? You still, oh, uh, shit, yeah. You still a Home Depot manager? You still an apron-wearing <laughs> son of a bitch? Not to shit on people who work at Home Depot. No, uh, I worked there for three years, and it was uh, it was. I've had much lower level jobs no. than Home Depot. Oh, man. No. It's I worked home- at a place. You know what my first job was? Mm. Or No, it's probably my second job. But I was about 16. I worked at a, a fast food restaurant in the San Laurent Shopping Center. Okay. okay. Yeah. The food court, right? Right. Was it... Uh, right. Was it, you know, A&W? No. No. Was it Subway? No. None of these big names. It was ones. like Frank's Burgers or something? It was a place called Hot Dog. That's it. It was a sign of a hot dog. It said hot dog. It just said hot dog. And we dog. just sold hot dogs and poutines and sausages what? and shit. And we we did okay for ourselves, considering we had no brand name at all. We were just hot dogs. What, what, how did you get the... Did you just, like... Did you just, like, go up and you're like, I like hot dogs. I'm going to apply to this place. I think I just looked around and I was like, yeah, this place might hire me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Compared I, to all the established... You know. You know, McDonald's and KFC, you know, they got fucking, they got, they got benefits, but you know, I'm just going to go to hot dog. Yeah, I don't know what I was, th- I was just a scared kid trying to get a job. Wow, and it exactly. Like- I mean, my first job was, uh, I was a paper boy. Oh, yeah. My brother was subcontracting me, actually. He was the paper boy, and he just, like, some days he just didn't want to deliver the paper, so he'd pay today. me. He'd pay me, like, $5, though. And he'd get, like, 20. And he'd be like, I'm, I'm, you know, fucking sitting there in his room, 12 years old with a cigar, counting money. He's like Scarface. You know, yeah. like, fucking idiot. You know, he's freezing That's his awesome. ass over there. No, it was, yeah, my first job was a, I was a paper boy. And then I went to McDonald's. I worked in McDonald's for a bit. And then uh, when, I, when I moved to Ottawa, I worked in the furniture store. Uh, as a back shipper. That so sounds used, like a really boring job. Oh man, I used to like literally. It was just like it was like a fuck off job. I would just sit in the back. I would build furniture. Uh, I wish I wish at this moment at this point I was a stoner. I didn't touch the stuff at that point because I was like young. Yeah. Um, like I was too young and be like too too afraid. But like man, if I was blazed that whole time, I think that job would be fantastic. Jump you're just on the just building furniture all day. Oh, cool! And you're just rearranging the 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 show like the showroom. Um, and then bad. if the trucks show up, you just load the truck with boxes. Um, and that was it. Yeah, weed definitely makes boring jobs go by a lot. Faster. I think so, yeah. That first job at the hot dog place for me, we used to, like, when it was a boring night on a weeknight, like, no one's going to the food court at, like, 8 p.m. on a Thursday or whatever. <laughs> so we would just, like, put the back in five minutes sign and then be gone for, like, half an hour in the <laughs> just, stairwell just, just getting blazing. High. Yeah. And we would make ourselves, like, a sick poutine afterward, like, triple layer gravy and fucking cheese. Oh, right. my God. We'd make smoked meat sandwiches. It was so good. Yeah. Back then when I ate meat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I remember liking it. Yeah. Um, shit, man. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Soon. No, no, for um, sure. For I know sure. you got a thing, and I got. Oh, a thing, that's all so. good. Got um, but I gotta ask you the superpower question we ask everybody: mm. If you could have any one superpower, mm. what would it be? Flying is excluded, 
Uh, you can't pick a character and get all their powers. You got to pick a power. A power. We're almost going to veto te- telekinesis because I just realized in the last episode when she uh, when she said that, that you can essentially make yourself fly. So And we had already ruled out flying. So Man, this is getting technical. Yeah, maybe. Okay. okay. Anyways, what's your gut This is something say? I'll never actually have the ability to do, so I'm not really going to think too hard about yeah, it. Yeah, just gut instinct. What is it? Oh, man. So, like, I would say, oh, man, people are going to find me creepy, though, because I will say invisibility. No, we've had this already. This is the third person to say invisibility. I think, but, like, not for Hollow Man reasons. I'm not Kevin Bacon. I will not break in. the same thing Nick said. I will, but, like, that's the thing. I'm not going to break into your room. I didn't watch this podcast, that podcast, by the way. No, 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 for sure. No, I'm just saying it's coincidence that we've now had two people say, he admitted, he was like, I would do creepy shit. (laughs) But, like, I wouldn't. Oh, you wouldn't? I wouldn't. Uh, I'm saying this on a podcast. And you're also saying that now when, I pr- you, when you don't have I the probably, power I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's sure a, it's a slippery slope. It's, if you're... it's six or seven half a dozen the other. Just whatever. It might, might happen, may not. I don't know. Well, there's not a lot of positive benefits to invisibility other than being able to get alone time to yourself. That's literally the only like, or to like hide from danger. Those are the only like. Yeah. Yeah, but that could be. Not but like, I'm, for a I'm kid. just like, I love like being stealthy. Spying is in its quiet. nature, kind of like not honest. <laughs> like, I love. You know what I, I'm but I love being stealthy and just quiet. So like, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. But like, I don't know, man. That's like, creepy, what, some people but be like, like that's in this creepy. day and age, like the right to not. What am I gonna do? Super visible. strength? What am I gonna do? Super strength? Why? Because I like you know, so I can fight and no, win I all the, like, the millions of people that challenge me to a fight every day. No. Hey, man, you can have invisibility. I'm not judging. Um, shit. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much that for episode ten. You got to cool. play me in the arcade and uh, just high five it out, I guess. All right, man. And we'll cool. uh, try and see if we can get this other podcast thing going if we go see the movies yeah, soon. Of course. All right. Peace. Peace.